What's going on there, youth pastors? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net, and welcome to episode 200 of the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Welcome into the show today. And listen, I know this is episode 200. I'm not going to make a big, huge deal about it, but I got to tell you that I am proud to be here. Uh, they say that most podcasts don't get past episode five. And so to be at 200, well, I, I'm kind of proud of myself. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pat myself on the back and uh, and possibly celebrate maybe with pizza later. I don't know. Some of you are thinking, well, man, 200, Paul, where have I been? Well, maybe you're brand new. You're, you're, you're probably brand new to the show. So welcome in. I want to welcome you into the podcast and, and thank you for being here and kicking the tires, so to speak. I welcome you to hang around because I believe there's going to be 200 more episodes if, I, if it has anything to do with me. And it it's 100% has to do with me. So I guess I've already decided that we're going to have 200 because nobody else dictates whether this podcast gets done or not, but me. So uh, yeah, 200 more. That's what I say. And if you're, by the way, if you're a regular, maybe you've been with me for 200 episodes. And if you have, God bless you. Uh, you, you are truly a glutton for punishment. And I uh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. So if you want to offer any kind of congratulations or anything like that, well, you can reach out to me, 205-260-7229. That is my real phone number. And uh, you can just text me and say, hey, happy 200, buddy. Or you can always leave a review, and I'll leave a link down in the show notes if you want to go over to iTunes there and leave a few stars, uh, maybe a kind word or two that would let people know uh, about this podcast and what they can expect from it. And the last thing you can do is, listen, if you're not subscribed already, by all means, subscribe and get this podcast in your earbuds every week. All right, that's enough about episode 200. Let's get into episode 200, and let's talk about the three common phrases or questions that youth pastors use with students and how to reframe those, right? That's what I want to get into today. Before we do, I want to let you know if you have not been to the Disciple Project store, let me tell you what, I've been working on that for a long time. There is all kinds of curriculum, all kinds of lessons, everything from how to deal with anxiety to friendship, uh, a lot of stuff on discipleship because that's kind of my jam. That's what I love talking about. And so if you are still in need of filling slots for Wednesday nights, if you need one week or two week or three week or five week uh, lessons and series, well, you can find those there in the store. And because I'm so focused on discipleship, that's kind of how I write my curriculum. I write that curriculum with commitment in mind, with uh, students understanding the journey. Uh, and so that, that you'll, you'll pick that up. If you've used any of my curriculum, then you already know that. Uh, but if you take a little peek over there, you'll, you'll see what I mean when I talk about uh, making discipleship kind of the focus of, of the curriculum that I write. Because my goal isn't to make a disciple for one year or two years or four years or six years of a student's life. My goal is to make lifetime followers of Jesus, not just temporary, not just you know behavior modification. I'm talking about lifetime committed following Jesus the rest of my life. And I think everybody listening kind of understands that, and I believe that's your goal too. So why not have some curriculum to match that goal, to make lifetime followers of Jesus? So, all right, so let's go ahead and stop talking about episode 200, and let's get into episode 200. And I want to talk to you, youth pastors, about reframing three common youth ministry phrases or questions. And listen, this, this episode is not about semantics. It's about language. The language we use as believers, be you Reformed or Evangelical or Pentecostal, can be confusing, especially to a young person. 
the discussion around the kind of religious language we use with young people is nothing new. And I don't think I'm breaking any new ground. What I am trying to do is bring awareness to youth workers like yourselves and to believers in general that our theological terms could be a barrier not only to our authentic salvation, but to long-term discipleship. I am also not trying to strip terms like church, testimony, or evangelism of their significance. I am trying to paint a picture with words, making the imagery stick with a young person, thereby making it more accessible and attainable. So let me offer you the three phrases that I think are common to youth workers, and then I'm going to make a suggestion of how to reframe that question so that you are building an image in a student's mind of maybe what the expectations are. Once again, this is me. You do you, but I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. All right. The first phrase that I'd like you to consider rephrasing is uh, invite your friends. Invite your friends. In fact, I would encourage you to stop begging your kids to invite their friends. Um, It looks weak on our part to beg kids to invite their friends. Now, do I want students to invite their friends? I sure do, but I'm not going to beg them to do it because I can't love their friends any more than they can love their friends. And they should love their friends more than I love their friends. But here's the deal. We all want our students to bring friends. But why? Is it about having a larger youth group to boost our ego? I love using the word community. I love to use that word because I think that word works better for a young person because young people are not interested in getting a crowd, but they are interested in being a part of a community. Building a community is also a better phrase, I think, for rural and small church uh, youth pastors. Because, listen, with my students, if I say, invite your friends, there are a good portion of the students in my youth ministry who do not believe they have any friends, so they are confused as what to do. And I've had more than one. You've had students say this to you probably, well, I don't have any friends. And honestly, you don't know how true that might be. You don't know. And so when you're saying, hey, my friends, they're saying, well, who's my friends, right? They're, they're asking the question. Do I, and some do and some don't. You know what I'm talking about. So let me, let me ask you to maybe reframe the question to them or the, the phrase to them. And instead of saying, hey, invite your friends, say, do you know anyone who needs a community like this one? Now think about that for a minute. Do you know anyone who needs a community like this one? I like this question better than the other because it allows students to imagine who they want to invite, whether they are friends or not, whether they know each other or not. Yes, I want them to invite their friends, but I'd rather them invite whoever God puts on their heart. So they don't have to go through a list of people. This is my friend. This is not my friend. You know what? When you say, do you know anyone who needs a community like this one? You've really freed them from the burden of of having to ask their whoever friends they may have. And really what you've done is free them up to allow the Holy Spirit to put whoever on their heart, whoever comes to mind, do you know anybody who would benefit from being a part of this community? And let the Holy Spirit bring people to their mind whom they then could invite, whether that person is their friend or not. Now, the second phrase, it, once again, I know already it's, uh, you're, you're saying, Paul, you're you're blasphemous. This will, this, will, this will seal the deal. You'll be saying heretic here in just a minute. But stop asking teens if they want to accept Jesus. What? Yeah, I just said that. Now, am I totally 100% against that? No. What I am saying, though, is that we've been asking the same question for too long. Accepting Jesus is an overused statement. And be honest with you, it lacks nuance. 
to many of the students who hear this, this means pray a prayer, feel good, move on. And I believe many youth pastors hold on to this phrase because it's low-hanging fruit and easy to achieve. It's easy to get a group of kids to pray a prayer because it's peer pressure or because everybody else is doing it or whatever it may be. I also believe it's because youth pastors do not have a long-term discipleship plan. It's easy to count hands in the air, butts in seats, and bodies at the altars. What's much harder to do is count kids making hard choices daily. It's easy to report in a staff meeting how many kids accepted Jesus as Savior. It, it eases worries. It makes everyone feel like you're doing a good job. But what the phrase has done is created a checklist mentality. How do I, how do I get my free ticket to heaven? So once a kid has done that and crossed that off their list, well, there's nothing much else left to do. But let me go ahead and ask you to maybe reframe the question. Instead of asking whether kids want to accept Jesus as their Savior, why not ask them if they want to follow Jesus? Asking a student to follow Jesus is an unmistakable, quantifiable ask. It's easy to pray a prayer. It's hard to follow Jesus. I believe if I ask the hard thing first, I'll get more honest answers. Because I don't think kids understand when you're saying accept Jesus, they don't understand what that means. They mean sins. For, yes, they understand if you explain it, right? They, right? Sins forgiven, go to heaven, all that stuff. But what they don't understand is, is they don't understand that they have to follow Jesus now. And I think if you start with follow Jesus, well, then acceptance will come with that. Jesus made sure that people who wanted to follow him knew what they were getting into, right? Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And I want students to know up front what is required. I'd rather have their no now and their yes later than their yes now and their no later. I believe the disciples followed Jesus before they accepted him. These young men who followed Jesus were scared, doubtful, and clueless, yet most of them kept following, even up to the point when Jesus ascended some still doubted. Just like I think we'd agree that believing in God is not the same as following Jesus, saying a prayer is not the same as following Jesus, or accepting Jesus is not a commitment to following him. Do you want to follow Jesus cannot be confused with, would you like to be religious, or would you like to be comfortable? What is being asked is clear, concise, and many will say no. But I believe it's better to get the no up front and the yes later when they're ready, rather than them pray a prayer, have no understanding of the commitment they've been asked to make, and then ditch that faith a week after camp. Now, if you are not yet convinced that I've lost my mind, let me make it even more clear to you with the third statement that you, uh, I'm going to ask you to consider reframing. And that is, stop asking teens to share their faith. Look at that. Now I've done it. Now I've done it. Now, listen, I'm not saying you shouldn't evangelize, okay? Far from it. Now, just ask yourself, which is easier for you to memorize? A list of items or a story? My guess is a story. All it takes is someone saying something familiar that you can connect with, and suddenly you say, oh, well, that reminds me of a story. So instead, I would ask you to consider reframing, and rather than saying, hey, share your faith, say, hey, ask them to share their story about Jesus and their encounter with him. 
When I say that, I am asking kids to quit sharing their faith. I'm not talking about abandoning apologetics or to quit offering scripture to help a person know Christ better. I am saying that from the blind man to the woman at the well to Nathaniel, stories are better than memorizing six steps to winning your friends to Christ. You don't have to memorize a story. You just tell it. When was that moment that the Lord just took over your heart and you fell in love with him? Tell that story. Tell a love story to people about how you fell in love with the Lord because he first loved you. And that is it for this episode, everybody. Once again, I, I hope you're not mad. I hope you, I hope you understand where my heart is. Uh, These are things that I'm practicing within my youth group and I'm passing it on to you because this has just become, uh, I don't want to hear stories anymore about kids coming 10 years down the road and having to deconstruct and everything else. I want there to be as an authentic call to Christ as there can be. And I want there to be as an authentic response to the gospel as can be from a student, that they fully understand what is being asked of them and they are able to respond in kind because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to them. And I want a kid to feel that. I want a kid to, to, to know that in his heart of hearts and his knower, as they used to say. And that's all I want. And so if I can make my language a little bit more clear to a student as, as what the Lord is expecting or even what I'm expecting, I want to paint a picture for them. And I want the Lord to use that picture. I want the Lord to impress upon them how they should respond to that versus me asking for a commitment to an unclear call. And that's it, guys. That's all That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make the message as clear as possible so that the Holy Spirit can touch the lives of students. And once again, I am passionate about it. I am passionate about it, so I won't dither on. But I will tell you today, guys, if nobody's told you lately that you've been doing a good job, let me tell you something. You're doing a good job. You're just going to get better at it. So keep up the good work, keep fighting the good fight, and join me next week for another episode of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast. Thanks, guys. And we'll catch you in episode 201.